At it again, Birdies Not BS, episode 72. And what better way? What better way to have that 72nd episode of Birdies Not BS than with my co-homie, Miss Maggie Noel. Maggie, what is going on, girl? What's up, Fresh? I'm happy to be here. 72, that's a good number. It is a good number. We're going to get into that. But Maggie, before we get rolling, just let people know who you are, because I know your Golf Digest top best young instructors, like you got 17 businesses and everything. Tell the people kind of who you are and your background in the game. Yeah. Um, Houston native. Uh, grew up right here. Uh, people know it as Missouri City. I grew up as the typical daddy daughter going to the golf course relationship. Um, daddy had a, yeah, it was special. Daddy had a goal of getting me into golf. So one day I would not have to pay for college or he wouldn't have to pay for college. Right. Um, so he just kind of kept me in the sport. He took me to every tournament, signed me up for every camp I could, you could think of. Um, I actually was pretty good. And so eventually it paid off, did go to college, went to UNT, University of North Texas, uh, played all four years there. Played a little bit afterwards, um, did some qualifiers, played some mini tours. Um, that's when I kind of transitioned into teaching. And then from teaching is when I got named Golf Digest, one of, um, one of Golf Digest's best young teachers in the country. Two years in a row, actually. Okay, um, I see you. Yeah. Put that in there, plug. Yeah, that's let, a let plug. plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, after teaching for a while, you know, I, uh, golf was all I've known my entire life. So... Um, I had other passions and kind of what happened was some of those passions just fell into my lap. And so So it was just kind of natural, right? It was just kind of (laughs) natural that I made a transition into the beauty world, which, like I said, I had a natural talent and a natural, um, um, I loved it. Like anything beauty wise, makeup, enhancements, anything. Um, I, I was, it was my thing. And so when I learned about microblading, which is what I do now, it was just kind of natural. It just fit with me. It it went with what I love, even though golf was my first love. You know, right. innately, I'm a girly girl. I'm into beauty. I'm into makeup. Um, so I just really enjoyed the artistry of it. And, you know, I started that business about five years ago. This is our five-year anniversary. And now we are one of the biggest permanent makeup companies in the southern region. We've serviced almost 9,000 clients. What's it called? What's it called? Get the people with It's called it Impressive called? Faces. <laughs> impressive, impressive Faces. Impressive Faces, yes. And I'm just well, so elated. Well, Maggie, I'm sorry to take you out of your beautiness today and talk it's golf. Bring, I feel like I'm bringing you back into like where you like escape from. So I apologize. It's I know you good. miss it though. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it right here for the people at home. Well, Maggie, this week's episode, we want to talk about keys for people to to you know break par, shoot around par. You know, seventy second episode par being one of those kind of like level scores that people aspire toward. Maggie, you've taught the good players. You taught people that were absolutely horrible. That we're just starting. Look, if you're probably starting a game, you're going to be horrible. Let's just get this out in the open, okay? True story. Go see people like Maggie, well, like Maggie, because she's 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 doing eyebrows and stuff. But go find you know your professionals to get your lessons on Maggie. But just out the gate, talking about the topic, breaking par, or shooting even par. What are some of the things in your profession that you you say to yourself like, you have to do these things well to break par? And then I'll chime in too. Um. Well, depending on what type of player you are. Okay, if you're the avid player where, you know, par is attainable and maybe you're just kind of, you know, right there, you're like mid 70s, low Mm. 80s and you're trying to get to par, you know, if you're a beginner, obviously that's going to take some time. 
But if oh, you're just yeah. like right there and you're just trying to get to that, you know, magic number, whatever par is, you know, whatever course you're playing, whether it's par 71, 72, 70. Um, mm. When I was playing and what I would always tell my students was, you know, the competition is not between you and who you're playing. Um, I always like to make them try to train their thought process to you're playing the course. It's you against the course. And yeah. instead of looking at the good. big picture, because, you know, my problem when I stopped playing golf was I always was worried about the end result, the end result, the end result. Oh, my God, I just bogeyed. Now I'm going to shoot this. And I've only I'm on the fifth hole of the entire round, you know. <laughs> so I just started thinking too much end result. And so one of the things that I would teach my students was I want you to break it up, like have a goal every three holes. Okay. Mm, Have like a goal that. every yeah. three holes, you know, that way your end result isn't hole number 18. Your end result is really that third hole. And so if you say, Hey, you know what? These three holes, I want to shoot one under the next three holes. I want to shoot even the next three holes after that. I want to shoot whatever, you know, it kind of minimizes that fear of what am I going to shoot on 18? So that way you have, you know, smaller goals throughout the, the round. So that way, Man, if I met my goal these three rounds and I met my goal or even better, then you might surprise yourself and end up at par or even better. See, I like that, Maggie, because like, it's, it's, it goes to the mental side of the game. For sure. Right? That's more of a like a mental side. Let's let's get in here. Let's set these little milestone goals so if we complete all of our milestones. You know, one thing about goals, in my opinion, when you do play like that, sometimes you got to reset during the round. You want to mm -hmm. shoot one under in the first three or six holes, however you break your round down. You want to do that, but you shoot even par or one over. You can tweak that those next holes to, as you exactly. as you you know go along. So I think that's something. But you know, Maggie, like one thing I feel like there's no sh number one. There's no shortcut to shooting level par 72, 71, 70. There's no shortcut. You gotta you gotta put the work in. You gotta go dig it out of the ground. You gotta hit balls. You gotta practice. You gotta get lessons. You gotta keep yourself in a, in, a, in a certain shape. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, it drives me nuts when I see people, even though they may have talent, they may be five, six, seven handicaps, but it, they just think that that's enough. And that's what annoys mm -hmm. the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not enough that you you can hit the ball. Like, that's not enough to, to, to play this game at the next level, which a lot of people. You know, one thing, not Maggie, and I want to get on, we're going to talk about some subsets, right? Yeah. So, things I think about, and I want you to take here, things I think about are, are like putting, for example. You want to shoot lower scores regardless of your handicap how about you eliminate three putting trying to you know what i mean like just little that's goal. a good one like that's a big one like just little goal you know what i'm saying yeah for sure i mean the saying goes you drive for show you putt for dough so whether whatever the dough is it's par or actually winning some money or bet or whatever putting is what it's going to come down to you know, right. absolutely. Eliminate the three putts. That's one of the easiest ways. You know, I was a boring golfer. Right. I was fairway, <laughs> green and regulation, two putt, next hole. Fairway, <laughs> green and regulation, two putt, next hole. See, so, I'm already upset listening to you talk about that. <laughs> so, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. You can hit the ball all day long, but what good is it if you three putt or you four putt or you right. get on the green and you can't deliver, you know? So, absolutely. Right. What are some of those drills, Maggie, when you, when you think about there's a million and seven putting drills you can do. A million like, and eight. There's like you can make up one tomorrow where you <laughs> put sure. the ball off your toe and hit it backwards, and then you're doing some crazy shit. Like that's you can do that. When you think back, Maggie, to to instructing and playing, what were maybe one or two drills that 
you know, really helped you either prepare for events or, or around? What are some of those putting um, drills that you think back to like that? That shit was helpful. Um, I think the one that helped me as a player, I mean, I used it in my, in my training with my students as well, but it was putting yourself under pressure putts, five feet and mm. in, you know, five feet yep. and in, that's where the pressure's on, you know, cause that five foot putt could either be for birdie or it could be for par and either way it goes, it's going to have, you know, carry a little bit of stress to it. So, um, especially when you get down to the final hole, the first, whatever, you know, where there's some mm -hmm. weight and some pressure on it. So creating an atmosphere, my dad used to do this to me all the time and I absolutely hated it, but I loved it as an instructor, <laughs> <laughs> but I literally had to make a hundred putts in a row in order to go home. And if I didn't, I had to start all the way over. So can you imagine getting down? From how to far? Number? Hold on. How far? Let's set the scene. I mean, set the so scene up. We, you can start from five foot in. No, I'm sorry. You can start from three foot in and work your way out. Once I've gotten all hundred of my three feet, my three foot putts in, now we need to expand mm. it to um, to five Four feet, maybe five 50, feet. right, maybe fifty in a row for the longer putts. But definitely something that once I get to forty nine or once I get to ninety eight, ninety nine, and the pressure is on and your hands are shaking and you got to make it. Otherwise, you got to start all over. You know that creates a different type of fear, no matter who you are. <laughs> so yeah, I think no, I. I think once you master that, you know, yeah, once you master that. That's why you made every damn thing. You couldn't go home and eat until you had finished on the green. Mm-mm. No food for you. Mac, get your ass out there. Exactly. You only got to 52, and then you had to start again. Look. Exactly. We're interrupting this episode because my friend Cheyenne Woods and I want to tell you about something that's changing the way that we practice putting at home. That's right. We use the Perfect Practice Putting Mat, which is trusted by more than 100 tour pros. Hey, including Masters Champion Dustin Johnson. And here's why he loves it. When I'm at home, I've got my putting mat that I can hit some putts on when I'm on the road. I've always got one with me. You know, it keeps me consistent. That's why I've had such success this year. You can make the putts inside 10 feet and you're going to play well. The perfect practice putting mat makes it easy for you to practice at the crib or at the office. Plus, it's kind of dope, too. Like, you can display it proud. Like, have it wherever you want to. But just use it before or after you're around, and you'll make more putts. If you're serious about shooting lower scores and you just want to stay in the house, the perfect putting mat is what you need. It's the one golf item you'll buy this year that will change your game. Go to perfectpractice.golf and use the code birdiesnotbs to save you some loot. Hey, you're going to save 15% on your order. Who don't want to do that? Head to perfectpractice.golf to start draining more putts. All right, well, look, you know, when I'm thinking of, and this is a grander thing, right? And I think this goes for a lot of people, Maggie. Course management. And everybody thinks course management is like like hitting ball, you know, hitting it to the middle of the green or, or thinking through your shots, blah, blah. Look, course management I like to think of it like this. You're, you're playing a golf hole, maybe a dog leg's left, maybe a dog leg's right, maybe it's a, a difficult hole for you at, at your home course. You know, a lot of people will just, I don't know what it is about, especially with men, their ego for driver. Like, I don't understand why we have, we just got to bang the driver, okay? Every so often, it's okay to hit a three wood or a five wood or a hybrid or a driving iron or something to put yourself in a position to 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 advance the ball forward you know I, th I think people forget maggie like when you're playing the course there is strategy and there's a way to manage your game and your round so that it can be like low stress like when's the last time 240 yards i know it's short 
by today's standards. But when's the last time 240 yards straight got anybody in trouble? Last time I checked, never. <laughs> never. Not never. Even if it's a long hole, long par five, even a short hole. Like, it's never going to get you in trouble. But, like, being able to, to, to hit certain positions off the tee. Do you, did you play like that? Did you say to yourself, like, this hole's 300 yards. I want 100 yards in. I'm using the numbers to make it Absolutely. round. People don't judge me. You know, Absolutely. just did you play like that from the tee oh, box? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I also taught that to our students, too, was uh, course management. One of my tips was to play the, the hole backwards. Ooh, you know, tell me play, more. I like play, I know what, I know what it backwards. means, but tell, tell the people. So when you're playing the hole you... backwards, you're basically saying, okay, when I'm approaching the green, you haven't even hit, hit your tee shot yet, okay? When you're approaching the green, where do you want to approach the green from? Do you want to approach the green from the left side, the right side, the middle, depending on where the pin is, depending on what obstacles surround the pin or surround the green? You know, think about where you want to hit that ball from. Okay? You can't just walk mm. up to a tee box and just hit and hit to the middle of the fairway. You know, It's all oh, about strategy. It is strategy because if you hit yeah. it down the middle, now when you get to the ball, you realize, oh, snap, there's a bunker right in the middle of the green. Maybe I should have played more left of the fairway or more right of the fairway. But had you looked at that you know, yardage book and saw that, man, you know, I got a little trouble here. Maybe I should have approached the green from this side. That kind of mm -hmm. gives you an idea of where you want to line yourself up on the tee box to try to put yourself in that position. And you're right. In this when tech you... era, Maggie, too. Like, yeah, there's no excuse so to not. Like, exactly. you, can have your, you can have the hole on your phone and, like, you know, the, on your the different distance apps. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, so for what you're saying right now, there's, that's so true. You should never be kind of blindsided mm -hmm. by a shot. And I think, you know, when I'm hearing you talk and I'm hearing you also say, be intentional. You know, when, people, sure. when you're playing the hole, you know, backwards, we're talking about being intentional with, I don't need to hit driver here. I got a bunker at, at you know, 260 like yeah. what the hell am i hit driver for yeah. especially if you hit it if you carry the driver 260 that bunker's smooth in play you, you yeah. shouldn't have to hit your best shot ever to avoid trouble exactly like and i always people... i would say to put yourself in a position that you're able to hit your favorite club you know what i mean Ooh. like you know if i if i had a, a hole what good is it to put myself 70 yards from the green if I'm not really good at 70 yard shots? What if I put myself, suck, right? Yeah, what if I put right. myself 100 yards from the green and I know I'm solid with this 100 yard shot, but that 70 yard shot, yes, I might be closer, but I don't have that 70 yard shot down. So it's okay but see, to play something See, what if it's 70 shorter. yards too? But what if 70 yards and then you got a front pin and it's like you're screwed? Like exactly. you need that 100 yard. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So don't be quick oh, to just play your your longest club off the tee box. You know, give yourself yeah. you know some distance to play comfortably. You know, play smart. Especially if you got that banana ball. Like, don't hit that shit all day. I don't want right. to see that. Like, go right. ahead and get look. Get you something with some loft on it so we can calm yeah. that down. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> but it, it's so funny, Maggie, because I really think this is one of the biggest mistakes for people as they try to get better. Like, like this right here. Like the fact that. People will just show up to the tee box. It doesn't matter. And you've seen them. They, they, you, they grab their head cover. It's the driver. Boom. Driver. And then they get to the hole, and it's like a par three. And it's like, oh, crap. It's like you're so used to pulling the driver out the bag that even on par three, you think this is the club to hit. No. No, 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 no. And Maggie, too, pin position. Like, that was a great point you talked about. You know, you might have 70 yards. We brought up to a front pin. But what good is that shot if, if you can't spin the ball or execute – you know, that tweener distance shot. Like, right, exactly. That is a tweener <laughs> in between. I don't know tweener. how far back to take it. might go too far, might end up short. Absolutely. Maggie, what, what was your go-to club? 
What did, what did you, you know, what, Man, like when, you, when you were playing? I was, I'm not going to lie. My pitcher wedge, my 100 yard, my 100 yard shutter, that was my club. With the little pitcher wedge. I love my pitcher wedge. I love my pitcher wedge. See, I was a nine iron guy. Like, I like that, like, 130, like, little punchy, yes. like, flighted. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, control shot. Man, like, it, you know what's funny? I'm glad we even said that, Maggie, because let's let's talk pin position. Yep. Because I think this is this is another huge... When I say position, yes, it's front, middle, back, right? Yeah, that's one, but we're also talking left to right mm -hmm. edges. You know, there are definitely some go pins, you know, and there's definitely some no pins. For sure. You know, Maggie, like, so when you were playing or when you are playing, what is, like, when you think of no pins versus go pins, what's the difference there? You know, my strategy and my theory when it came to pin position was always go for the middle of the green. You know, whether it's front, back, left or right, <laughs> if you go for the middle of the green, well, it's either going you're either going to be putting up, putting down, putting left or right. You can't really go wrong. I would say definitely the sucker pins, the one that had, you know, water That's right simple. in front like or water, you know, right mm -hmm. next to it. I wouldn't go for it. It's obvious. You know, don't go for something that's going to suck you in. They place these pin these pins where they where they are strategically, okay, in mm -hmm. in hopes to make you fail, okay? Right. The golf Just course is never yeah. on your side. The golf course is never on your side. That's why it's always you against the golf course. But my strategy was always I was I'm telling you, I was a boring golfer. Middle of the fairway. You sound like on on the green of regulation, go for the middle and then Make your putt, your two putt, and go home or go to the next hole. So, but, but you, you also know, won the Texas Amateur, so that's like that's good advice. Like you've won with that strategy. I've won with that. I mean, I'm telling you, like they call it boring, but boring wins, honey. Boring wins, <laughs> or boring will at least get you to par. That's for sure. A lot easier than you trying to go for sucker pins, and now you're in the bunker in the water because you tried to go for a pin that wasn't favorable. You know, had you just gone for right. the middle of the green, life would have been yeah. a lot easier. See, I never liked going for the pin that was on the side of the green that was on the same side as the fairway I was on. I always hated that shot. Like if I'm left side of the fairway and I've mm -hmm. got a, a left pin, maybe there's like water left or or a bunker. Like that was always a no pin for me. Like because I usually would pull that shot just because the sight lines and the way the optics work. That's a draw ball for me. I want mm -hmm. that shot coming from the right side of the fairway where I get somewhat of a little angle so I can, you know, try to go a flag favor, hunting. yeah, but, yeah. It's funny, though. I really do like what you said, because I, I, I read something that Jack Nicholas wrote years ago when I was you know, still playing collegiately. And he said something that very interesting. He said, given the, the size, like the actual area of a green, if you hit it to the middle of the green, you'll never have further than a 30 foot putt. And I was like, that's interesting. Like if you hit it to 30 feet all day, odds are you're going to make one. I'm not, you know, you're going to make one if you have 18 looks at, at 30 feet. I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to give y'all some credit out there my, to the birdies, not BS listeners. So you're going to make one, you know, so, and maybe it's a par five that you're hitting too. You dig what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, look, that's just me. But Maggie, back to practicing before we wrap, look, people don't, and I know you know this, people don't practice a short game enough. They don't do it. And that's they where you do win it. the money. That's exactly right. You know, that's look. You can take on those sucker pins, right? Those dumb pins, those no pins. If you got a dope short game, like you can take on a lot more risk with your approach shots 
because you know you can get out of get out of trouble. Maggie, give me something to help people chipping out here because they they oh, suck. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, chipping. I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, the spot. I really I got to. You the I best really, young coach in America. I gotta I'm, give it to you. I'm not gonna lie. My favorite lesson was chipping. Okay. And the reason why my favorite lesson was chipping was because the common mistake that I see all of my, well, I'm not gonna say all, but most of my, you know, students who struggled with chipping was controlling, engaging their shot. And the biggest mistake mm. I saw was bigger backswing, smaller follow through. Oh, bigger backswing, the D sellers, like the taking it too far back, but then mid, you know, when it's time to make contact, your body says, yo, dude, that's a lot of backswing. So you, you know, <laughs> and then you end up chunking it and you can't control, more importantly, you can't control your distance. What I always said was change the backswing, but always, always, always execute the follow through the exact same. Got to gauge it. If it's, you know, this far back, always follow through. If it's a little bit more far back, always follow through. That way you can gauge how far these chip shots are going to go, but taking it too far back and decelerating, you'll never, in my opinion, ever be able to gauge your chip shots and be successful around well, the green. Hey, that, I, I don't know how much more advice we can give them, Maggie. Hey, Maggie Noel, right here. Birdie's not BS. You know what? It's time to get to our stylist segment. We got Fairway Fashion coming up right here. Birdie's not BS with Taria Paul. Birdie's not BS coming back. Special segment. You know, we got to keep your fashion together. Keep it right. You know, it's uh, Fairway Fashion here, Birdie's Not BS. We got my personal stylist. We got your stylist, Taria Palmer, in here with me. What's going on, Taria? How you doing? Hey, y'all. What's up? You know, here we got to get to it, Taria. Look, you got to get my swag right. You know, it's not always together. You know, after we talked the last episode, I was color blocking. I had my monochrome look. You should have seen me. I was out there fresh as hell. Well, I believe you, Doug. I saw you. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to tell you is that you did have one of the things that I'm going to bring up, which is having okay. a coordinated fit. Like you had the sweatshirt and the shorts in the same color. You know what I'm saying? That's big for the spring and summer. Now you kind of had the monochrome look going, right. but there's lots of different ways you can do it. You can do it printed, you can do it floral, whatever. It's just having that that set, the top and the shorts. And, you know, growing up, we all called it a short set for the cookout. Well, that's back. All right. right. So well, good. That's good to know. Yeah. So those are back. Those are huge. I love seeing my husband wear them. And they translate amazingly to the golf course because they're easy to you know, move around in their area. You can get them in different fabrics. So that'd be my number one thing that people should, you know, transition from the street to the golf course. Also, I know I I don't know a lot about golf. We know this, right? You're that's why we me. that's why we like you in here. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you can bring the bring that outer you know industry information in here to this golf world, so we can be swagged out. Right. So you're teaching me right about a little bit about golf. But one of the things that I noticed is that people wear like visors and stuff on the golf course hats. Well, one big hat trend for the spring and summer is like the bucket hat is back. And they, okay. again, they have it in all kinds of colors. They have it in all kinds of prints. And they're always cool, right? And they block the sun and they just make you look cool. I think that would be a cool thing to see people transition from, again, the street to the golf course. 
socks. You said are you another. said it like you said it like it was the McRib, like it's back. You know what I'm saying? It's, well, I mean, <laughs> the bucket we is back. Seen people wearing bucket hats. So when was the last time you saw somebody wear a bucket hat? Well, it's a little different on the golf course. It's kind of like a thing, but you know, not out. Oh, it's like, not. A it's thing. not. Not well, a lot of people pull it off. They don't try it either. They don't okay. even try. Well, so in different prints, I think it can be really, you know, really cute. Um, oh. Another thing is, of course, socks. Um, you can always up the ante on your outfit by ha- as a man by having like an interesting pair of socks on. And at this point, I've seen them in all different lengths. Like some people like to wear them, you know, just just under the knee. The younger people like wearing them a little bit under the knee. So if it's younger folks going to play golf, like that's definitely something that you know you can consider doing, and it's super stylish. Um, Especially if you want them high ass tan lines, you know what I'm saying? People forget like in golf right. you're gonna have them you're gonna have them white <laughs> you feet. Don't matter if you're black, white, indifferent, you're gonna have white feet. So just go ahead and get that out. That's part of your your just fashion. Go ahead and put your socks on, right? And do what you need to do. So for the ladies, we're seeing um tennis skirts. So that sounds crazy, right? Wear a tennis skirt. And I know that already kind of happens on the golf course, but there are tennis skirts in all different colors out. They're super trendy and people are actually wearing them, not just in golf, but, you know, when they're going anywhere, going out to eat, going to the mall, hanging out, the tennis skirt is definitely back. And we remember those if you were around when I was a kid, clueless, you know, that was one of the things people wore tennis skirts. So that's back. And you can transition that from if you're having a day at golf and you want to go out with your girls. Um, Another thing that I've been seeing that's trending is like the one shoulder top. And I think that that can be worn very beautifully on the golf Hmm. course. Um, Okay. All right, ladies. So just that asymmetrical, you know, you want a little sexy going on. You know, you can have it there and still be appropriate Hmm. for the golf course. Um, Tie-dye is actually in... Uh, a lot for the spring and the summer um and there's it doesn't have to be like you know the childish tie-dye that we're used to seeing like, i've like seen it spiral. in all different colors yeah i've seen it in pastels um and it's really cute and it's again i've seen it in a lot of airy um fabrics which is great for the golf course so those would be like my top things that i would say to to look out for and also oh another another thing if you want to be sexy on the golf course you want okay. a date or something like that if you got to take it from the course the side you know. cutouts the side cutouts and they can be classy they can be cute dresses that have the sides cut out but are again comfortable for you to wear golf in those are also trending and would be amazing to see on the golf course so that's, that's my what's up to read well that Hey, you know what? We appreciate your two cents. It's worth about $10. But look, Taria, we appreciate, appreciate you coming it. in here, holding it down, making sure our swag is right, right here. Birdie's not BS, fairway fashion. Um, man, hey, we appreciate Taria Palmer coming in here, getting y'all swag right. Oh, man, you gotta get your monochrome and all that together. Hey, look, Maggie, thank you so much for coming in here, co-homing with me right here on <laughs> Birdie's Not BS. How do the people get a hold of you, Maggie? Thank you, Dougie. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Um, you can find me and my company, Impressive Faces, on Instagram and Facebook. It's just Impressive Faces without the I in the beginning. Okay, Impressive Faces, Maggie Noel. Hey, y'all know what to do, man. Follow, listen, subscribe, hit us on them social channels. You know the hat's for sale. We only sell them off of IG. Go in the DMs. Hit us up, Birdie's Not BS on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, birdiesnotbs.com. We'll be back next week with y'all. And Maggie, you, you coming back in here for another episode, you know, down the I'm line. Back. So I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. Can't get rid of me yet. 
I'll love it. Hey, we'll holler at y'all. <laughs>